Hello, and welcome to another Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, today, or tonight, uh, we are continuing our history of the Brays. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Clovis Bray uh, uh, and his contributions to the EXO program, uh, as well as uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about his grandkids. We've touched on them a little bit, uh, but uh, again, those are those are sections that we're going to be uh, kind of once we get through all of Clovis and the EXO stuff, rewinding back through and and touching on the rest on Respite and the Warmind and and Siva and all that jazz. But for now, we are uh, still working, still talking about the EXOs. Uh, we talked to, last week. We talked about the uh, building of the facility, uh, the Deepstone Crypt, and the Morningstar uh, orbital station above Europa, and uh, Clovis's uh, building. I, I guess he didn't build it. Right? Bob Bob the Goblin <laughs> built it for him, uh, but he definitely definitely outsourced that that job to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you need to build a Vex gate, who better to ask a Vex? Um uh, so he's 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 got this vectate built. He's gone to the other side. Uh he's found this this crazy, crazy thing there, this this star that is being refueled essentially. Uh and all this radiolaria and 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 he's he's invited he's he's kind of I, I say invited Elsie uh to come help him with this project, but inviting's kind of a strong word, isn't it, Myth? Yeah, I would say more coerced and blackmailed uh, than than anything else. Though he's making an effort, quote unquote, by like fine dining and you know trying to to give her a taste of the the high life while she's on this little ice ball that he's forced her to. I was going to say, make, making an effort for him is I don't, I don't know, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> strong, strong words for a crazy man. <laughs> Say, be a good grandfather is still in progress, according to his law. Still in so. progress. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then, of course, he he talked about uh, uh, when when he when they did uh, uh, go through the Vexgate, he 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 had that map uh, analogy again of like, great, we've just entered another map. We haven't we haven't gone beyond the edges of the map yet. Like, but he's but now now that he's got. Uh, and and correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this last time. He's introduced clarity, uh, yeah. to the radial area, uh, yeah. and that has that has solved the billboarding issue, uh, which is that that was something that you and I kind of had like a, a a talk about last night uh, while we were playing uh, billboarding and der. Those are going to be kind of the two uh, things that we'll be talking a little bit uh, when we start off tonight. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's a good place to start. So, uh, billboarding specifically was referred to earlier on as kind of one of the main issues that Clovis had with the exo mind. And, um, from, from my understanding, billboarding was essentially when they, when they uploaded a mind, a, a digitally scanned, uh, consciousness into a frame or, or a mechanical body or whatever they were using in their very early experiments. Um, it like it, it, the, the person didn't come through. Like it, it wasn't a, uh, conscious being. It wasn't a, like that person couldn't start talking to them and, and know who they were or used to be or anything. It was the, the mind 
was essentially like just firing randomly and causing whatever machine it was connected to to just spasm violently like there there was no uh opportunity to have any kind of like there there wasn't intelligence there i guess it was just instinct really um yeah of like fire electrical pulses because that's what the brain does it controls everything through electrical pulses um best battery in the world right best computer in the world too computer maybe not battery 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 and computer would be yeah battery if you're in the matrix i was six to say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh so that that was the billboarding issue was just kind of this like you you weren't actually getting the person to transfer you were getting a bunch of their base instincts to control things randomly and that was about it which which then caused them to feel like they were dying over and over again right like for eternity well yes and no um so the the brain thought it was like on an on an again an instinctual level it was uh the brain was experiencing like its body was dead like that that all the signals it was getting back or the lack thereof were i'm in a dead body but there wasn't the the mental capacity with that you know it wasn't that the person that was transferred was thinking oh my god i'm dead it's that the brain on a like or you know on that instinctual level was saying the body i'm connected to is not living if that makes it's, sense it's yeah it's it's like uh it's like an electrical circuit right like uh even even in in a dc or ac electrical circuit uh, you have a you have a sending line that sends power, and then a, re- a return line that's your negative or your ground or whatever. Uh, and it's 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 like it's like your source, the brain, was sending out signals on that positive line. It was getting getting stuff out, but there was no return. There was no like like a like a checksum, like a hey, yeah, my liver exists. Okay, cool, keep functioning. Yeah. Um, there was none of that. Like it was it was just. Uh, signals going out with nothing coming back as as a confirmation and so the brain the brain like what you're saying on that instinctual basic level was like i i've got to be dead and so then it that's where it starts just like shutting down yeah now the other term that we talked about uh der uh that is an acronym and i don't i was going to say you you know i'm going to ask what it means <laughs> so uh I don't know if they give what that acronym stands for. Um, Because as far as I can tell, it's not a real, not, not a, like a modern day uh, acronym. Like I, I, I couldn't find it looking through, you know, doing very little bits of like medical Google and whatnot. Um, so I, I do believe they they give what it stands for later on, uh, but essentially the thing to to know is that it is a different kind of neurological disconnect. Uh, so whereas billboarding was more on the instinctual level of the brain is trying to find things that do not exist, the the alkahest as Clovis calls it, the radiolarian combined with clarity, uh, passed billboarding. Like, billboarding no longer happened um, when it was introduced into kind of the process of building an exo. 
But this new issue, DER, came about. And DER is not the instinctual belief that you're dead. It is the uh, psychological belief and breakdown of the, the mind, essentially, of, of the conscious mind that, you know, this, very similarly, like, this body doesn't do the things I, I associate with life, therefore I am not alive. But they're conscious, which is the difference. And it's almost worse because yeah. now there's a consciousness there to be tortured by this state, essentially. That that would Jesus, that would Jesus, that would suck. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I'm thinking of that in like a like a like a in a realistic state of mind of like my my me as a consciousness looking looking at my own body and thinking you know, if if I were in in some type of metallic or or, or non organic uh, body, <laughs> for lack of a better term, yeah, like what like what would you like? That's that's hard to even describe, right? Like, there's no. It, I I feel like you'd get a lot of like phantom movements, right? Like, like you would think that your arm is moving, but it isn't because it's just. I don't know. That's that's a that's a hard one to describe too. Yeah, it, it would be. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't even try and draw a comparison as to what it would. Yeah, what it I, would be I don't like. have. I have nothing. Nothing to compare to on this one. <laughs> I. I unfortunately have never been in an exo body. <laughs> Spoiler alert: nobody has. <laughs> never say never. This is yeah. We don't yeah, know where science yeah. will go, but uh, but no. So we're gonna start tonight uh, again in Clovis's logbook. Uh, this one is with um, section 45 titled Notes on DER. And Clovis says this. Infuriating. With 12 Alcahas seated exos now online, I find myself bre- beached on the shoals of another serious problem. Not a transitional trauma after all. Not a temporary ailment. Quite fatal. Mr. Zook was first to succumb. He continued to insist that he was living in a nightmare. He complained of hunger, of thirst, of breathlessness, of a rot in his bowels. I became concerned that he was billboarding, but his exoneuron activity remained healthy. Shortly after, Mr. Zook developed a full-blown cotard delusion. I found him trying to chisel his face off with a table shim. He insisted that his true face was covered in a thick layer of keratin and that the rest of his body was already dead and rotting. He became violent. I had to paralyze his motor functions for diagnosis. This only made things worse. Without the satisfaction of motor feedback, he disassociated entirely. He stopped forming new memories, which trapped him in an eight-second loop of panic. After I resumed his motor functions, I watched him fill every page of a notebook. Nothing but the words, I have just died. I am trapped in the corpse. Now I am certain I am dead. Death has taken me completely. I have just finished dying. Activity in his temporal lobes collapsed. 
he lost his ego barrier and achieved metaphysical oneness with the universe. Unfortunately, this spread his Cotard delusion to his entire perceptual cosmos, and he rejected the resulting necro-reality as intolerable. I have not ever before seen such all-consuming terror and dread. In the final stages of the disease, he insisted that he had been possessed by some sort of ancient spirit, a memory of his upbringing in Georgia. He was insistent that this spirit was female. It is an idiosyncrasy of the Georgian's creation myth that the male spirit is divine, while the female is demonic. Soon, Mr. Zook's fear and panic were simply too much for him to bear. He retreated in a catatonia, and then he crashed. Oh, I still have the connection scan I used to make him. That Mr. Zook can live again. But the Zook who evolved over the past several weeks, the Zook I had so many endearing arguments with, is now lost. And Elizabeth is more and more suspicious. She asks, what exactly makes me think these exos will turn out any better than her father did? She demands to know what I'm doing with the Vex salvage, whether it has to do with my plans for her survival. I have hastily deleted all the records of the treatment of Mr. Miller, lest she think I plan to douse her in Vex fluid. Maya Sundaresh came upon me just now. She seemed fascinated by my distress. She said several comforting things, and then made one extremely unpleasant suggestion that my pride and haste had caused Mr. Zook's death. I have decided that I hate her. And that's the end of that note. I, I think the feeling's mutual. <laughs> yeah. But... Again, that can of worms still hasn't been opened, and it's been just we've just we left we left a can of worms sitting on the table for three weeks now, Myth. Hey, well, you know, all in due what time. What is wrong with us? <laughs> what is wrong with us? Uh, so yeah, so th- this has got to be like an incredibly terrifying experience for the for the for the being that is inside that actual body, like to just completely have. I mean, this the, you're you're right. This is more of a of a of a this is less less of a neurological breakdown and more of a uh, sociological. Is that a word? Um, it it so- might be, <laughs> might be. I don't know. Uh, it, but it's it's a breakdown of like, like I mean, the fact that he's trying to chisel his own face off because he thought his real face was behind it, mm-hmm. and, and and then like he's become one with the universe, and and it like this is this it, it's slowly be going insane. Is I say slowly, it it it, it might be rapidly because Clovis rapid. talked about how, uh, yeah. Well, Clovis mentioned weeks. Like I mean, that's 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 a rapid change if you if you measure something in weeks rather than months or years. Yeah. Um, now, but yeah, something we can equate the feelings described there to, to some degree. Um, so he talks about you know the the ego collapses and he you know enters this state of of one with his surroundings one with the universe um we have a term for that that exists you know today which is referred to as ego death um it's a psychological term also uh psychic death is another term that i've heard used um and it it is the the complete loss of self-identity 
the complete loss of believing that you are your you are an individual being in a world that's around you and instead you comprehend yourself as just a piece of everything else that's around you um that sounds like super peaceful well yes and no i kind of like it i mean yeah <laughs> yes and no and the ego death the the term itself i I don't know if it comes about in this, but I've heard it in reference to studies um, for people that use uh, psychedelics, uh, specifically mushrooms, oh, sure, uh, sure. where there's a, a certain point, there's a certain saturation of chemical that uh, generally people will experience ego death. And sure. that for for some people can be very um very enlightening very transformative uh but it, it's it's not usually a permanent state from my understanding it's it's something they experience through the through whatever you know chemical enhancement they've gone through and then as you know their body processes those chemicals they come back to themselves doesn't mean they're not changed by it but they're not actively in that state you know, more than maybe a couple hours or something. Whereas, whereas like here, like they, they achieve that state or, or this, this patient has achieved that state permanently. And against their will, yeah. I think is an important part too. Uh, you know, somebody seeking that at least knows that they're, they're trying to find it. Uh, somebody that, by all accounts has been freshly born into a new body that doesn't have all the bits they're expecting, uh, that, you know, is now forced into this kind of a psychological break that yeah. ends up with the result of ego death. Uh, like that's, that's pretty traumatic. And yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we see this patient, Mr. Zook, um, he tries to like, internally justify what's happening to himself by turning to like an old creation myth of his, of his people um, to try and make sense of what he's experiencing in, in some way. That's, that's still gotta be terrifying. That's, oh, that's gonna be absolutely terrifying. But there is one, one last thing to take away from this is that uh, uh, Clovis says he still holds the, the essentially the original image. Yeah. Uh, he still has the image. scan. Yeah, the original scan uh, that he could just re-upload and call it good. So, I and and this is this is something that is pretty commonly known in in Destiny. Um, uh, and EXO uh, will take will take. Uh, I started to say Cade, but some people might not actually know who Cade is. Uh, we'll take Saint Saint fourteen. Uh, so he has a name with a number associated with it, and the number is how many times that EXO has been reset. Uh, or or Banshee forty four, mm -hmm. uh, the gunsmith, uh, or eight to one. Wow, there are a lot more exos than I realized there were <laughs> in the tower till just now. Uh, but yeah, so is is this like the beginnings of Clovis seeing that he can he can just reset somebody as many times as 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 he wants, or or is this just more of like a hey, I, I still have this this image, I can I can still re-upload him. Uh, I. I I, I doubt Clovis would see anything ethically wrong with re-uploading the brain uh, to a new body. Yeah, no, I, I don't think um, I don't think he has an issue 
reusing those scans uh, as many times as he, as he deems he, necessary. He did say he was he was he was kind of I, I say sad, uh, but upset that that the person that had that he had talked to over the last couple of weeks that is now der'd um, is 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 no longer there like that. The, all those experiences uh, that that person has experienced uh, over those last few weeks it, that's all lost. Yeah, and and yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's it, it is an interesting concept. He hasn't quite landed on the reset strategy yet. Uh, that does come into play. Um, but this is this is him acknowledging that he knows he can re-upload them. Um, yep. But the resets with the numbers is slightly different uh, than just like re-uploading the original scan to a new body and starting over completely. Gotcha. But yeah. So he's, he's got this new issue now he's, you know, it's not billboarding. It's something different and something kind of worse. Uh, and now he's trying to grapple with, okay, what do I do about this obstacle? And Elsie's getting really suspicious about it. And she was already on the fence about helping him with this. And now she's like, what, prove to me that this is not just going to end up how my my father did with you know the the exo tearing themselves apart um and uh so he's trying to find strategies for that and we see his uh initial thoughts in the next one uh next section which is called notes on the forge star and that one goes like this in an effort to keep them engaged with their new bodies and stave off the disassociative rejection that killed Mr. Zook, I have assigned my exos to scout through the gateway. The vexed statite has a surface area larger than Earth, so we have plenty of exploring to do. I cannot believe that I actually find it tiring, but the sheer scale and passivity of the vex constructs infuriate me. Until I can synthesize my own version of the mind fluid, the Vex are necessary to the work. But I find their indifference verminous. They elicit the same emotions as a fat cockroach wandering across a wall. Disgust, contempt, unease at the thought that these mere machines, these automata, are flourishing all around us. And I fear that if troubled they might swarm from their hides to run across our feet. The glare of the hypergiant, 2082 Volantis, gives me a headache even through proxy. I wonder if the Vex evolved here, in the briny seas of the first planets. Due to the absence of heavy metals worth stealing and the abundance of simple compounds for growth, they never developed predation. Why bother when there was plenty to go around? Instead, the violent radiation of the early universe selected for an otherworldly resilience, and for the ability to transmute energetic disaster into an opportunity for growth. The weak would be burned away by gamma rays, and the strong would learn to harness that fire. Not the oxygen fire of our own Paleolithic, but the nuclear fire of the atom. Their basic cooperative signals, food here, reduce density, generate new colony, 
must have formed the basis of swarm behavior, a simple game capable of storing information in self-repeating patterns. It is not strictly correct to call the Vex a group mind. Rather, they are one master pattern spread across many elements, fractally self-similar. Very early, they must have developed armor, perhaps a hydrogel to soften gamma rays or plates of silica to trap water. They would need that shield to enter the shallows and capture ionizing radiation as fuel. No wonder they thrive near stars. Cooperation in groups, meshes of armored radiolaria protecting harvesters beneath, would promote the evolution of even larger structures. They became microscopic tool users, building fortresses and mail sheets, storing the programs for those structures and the patterns of their swarms. I wonder how early they stumbled upon physics. Far sooner than humanity, no doubt. Their cellular structure provides an easy analogy for the quanta of matter, energy, space, time. The tides of their sea would connect them to the motion of heavenly bodies. Even the deadly background radiation would make a natural observatory for high-energy physics. Their first exoskeletons were probably soft shells of shielding gelatin, just sacks of ooze. How far they've come. It is admittedly interesting to consider the philosophical consequences of their evolution. The Vex prove that nature is not all red in tooth and claw. Cooperation comes naturally to the Vex, whose great problem was survival in a harsh world, not a struggle over limited resources. They never found any payoff in selfishness. Human beings may require a leviathan to coordinate the laws of social existence. But the Vex are fundamentally cooperative. Utopian? No, not at all. They are without meaning. They have no experience, no subjectivity. The Vex are incapable of conceiving any image but their own. They do not recombine their DNA to make children or form relationships with others. When the world does not match their pattern, they simply alter the world to suit it. There is no difference between reality and simulation to them. Inside is the same as outside, and the two must be made to correspond. Oh, they are creative, don't mistake me, but their creativity is demanding. It is the creativity of a furnace. What I'm saying is, the Vex are immortal. The Vex have no children. They are the ancestors and descendants of themselves. First mothers, first children, all at once. This is why I do not hesitate to pillage their home for resources. This is why I must guarantee that this is life in my image which inherits the cosmos. Had I the means, I would wipe them all from existence. And that's the end of that note. It's 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 interesting to me here. We've done so many histories, right? Like we've done so many a, a history of the Elixni, a history of the Cabal, um, a history of the Awoken. Right now we're doing the history of the of the of the Braves. And this one entry is probably the entirety history of the Vex. 
Yeah, Maybe kinda. not history of the Vex. It, it, it's definitely the most information we've ever had about Vex. Yeah. Ever. And honestly, I think it's the only information we truly have in any type of like lore. I know there are other lore entries that deal with Vex and stuff that deals with the Vault of Glass and, and things of that nature. Um, it, it, the Infinite Forest, all of this. But like this one entry is the most complete uh, description and breakdown of what it is to be a Vex uh, and, and how Vex basically came about in the universe and, and existed through time. Yeah. Um, I, I do, we're going to tangent just a, just a touch here um, because we never do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you silly goose. Because this is so, uh, you know, Vex focused and, and, Clovis even said, you know, the, the Vex are essentially what Clovis deems perfect immortality in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. They don't have yep. children to mess up their legacy. Um, they are just always the same. They exist. Yeah. And that's, that's like the core fundamental thing about a Vex is they exist. Their whole, the, the, the algorithm of them, everything about a Vex is exist. That is it. There's, there's no Vex shoot at us because we're there. They're, they're not. I can't say they're not actively hostile, hostile because something shooting at you is a hostile action. But it's, it's more of a that thing over there is not Vex and doesn't behave or exist in the way that we want it to. Yep. Because like even in this entry, it talks about it, they just change the world around them. Yeah. Make it match the pattern. Exactly. And so that's the reason why they're shooting at us is it, it doesn't match their pattern and they can't make it match their pattern. So the only thing left to do is eradicate it. And, and it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's such an interesting concept of like exist on just such a fundamental level. And, and yeah, I, this, this is it. This is the most complete entry of the Vex. I, just, I think it, so. Description of the Vex. Sorry. And and one thing I want to to point out, um, well, two things I guess. The first being, the Vex I think are the only thing that has really truly ever scared Clovis, yeah. because they are the only thing that he has come across that has the potential to undo everything he's he's trying to do like not you know and and he talks about it he goes this is why i must guarantee that it is that it is life in my image which inherits the cosmos he's saying like i have to guarantee that i am the that i am the luca that i will be eternal and that my ideas will inherit the cosmos otherwise nothing can stop the vex and we've we've theorized it before. We've talked about it, I think, in our light and dark and a couple of other spots. This this line, this idea coming from Clovis just really cements for me that I think the Vex are the final shape, quote unquote. I, I think you're right. I think and, and again, you mentioned that light and dark series that we did. I, I that that to me is what it keeps coming back to is when the when the uh, witness or, or the, the winnower uh, sees these universes die out or, or, or finish or complete, the Vex are the simplest form. They are the simplest of everything. It's, it's, it's 
and and Clovis even says it too. It's not that they're a hive mind or anything like that. It's just they just exist. It's it's ah, it's super super freaky, but super cool to me. It is. No, it absolutely is. Um, but yeah. So I uh, moving on from the Vex and getting back into the Exos. Uh, we continue with uh, what is titled as Entry Ten. It. It's weird when there's like titles that are numbers, but then there are sections within there that are different numbers. So it's titled Entry 10 if, if you want to look for it yourself at some point. Um, but Clovis continues with this. All 12 members of the first EXO cohort are dead. The symptoms of the disassociation became extreme. One poor man developed complete exopraxia and exolalia. His empathy was so overgrown that he could not help but mimic or repeat whatever I did and said. Even when I entered the command to terminate him, he mimicked me, and I suffered a brief terror that his gesture would end my life somehow. I have kept Elizabeth far away from this disaster, so as not to discourage her. But she is busy with the Vex and with her covert attempts to reach clarity control. This has forced me to rely on Maya Sundaresh. But unfortunately, Maya has confronted me after the last death. Nine of them had Kotar delusion, she screamed at me, quite hysterically. They believed they were dead. One of them told me that she was in hell and that I was another damned soul sent to deceive her. Was she even wrong? The rest were worse. Do you know the other principal manifestation of Kotor delusion, Clovis? I told her that I did not, and that I wished to proceed immediately with autopsies of their terminal brain states. Delusions of immortality. At least when they insist upon it, Clovis, we recognize it as a pathology. The only true responsibility of any living thing, I reminded her, is to support and nurture the things that are most like us. And if I am most like myself, Doctor, then I have an ethical obligation to avoid death. That's your son's quote, she snapped. You know, I've seen the video of his final days, that naked white exo, just paramuscle and soft membrane writhing in its cradle. When you were done with him, he looked like nothing more than a slug. A twisted, limbless giblet. Did you support and nurture him while you tortured him to death? I immediately ordered Maya Sundaresh transferred to the Vex lab to perform contact experiments. Unfortunately, she has taken the unethical step of deleting her own employee records, so I cannot nullify her future prospects as thoroughly as I might wish. Her conduct was extremely unprofessional. Mr. Miller has also passed. The poor young man had a bad reaction to the titrated, denatured Vex fluid we were using as a last-ditch therapy. The substance did restore damaged structures very well, but we were ultimately unable to control its more radical, transformative effects. I had a very encouraging final conversation with him, in which he thanked me for all my efforts and encouraged me to continue my work. I called the team of 
psychologists to interview the next cohort of exos and make recommendations. They have settled into the eventide habitat and have proven immediately very helpful. It was obvious to them that the root of the problem lay in the deficient exobodies I had supplied. Deficient how? I had demanded to know. They did not suffer human weakness. They never needed to eat or drink or breathe, sleep or dream. And apparently, this was the problem. I had assumed that the need for these irritations would pass, since there would be no shortage or accumulation of poisons to trigger them. But evolution's tangled ways cannot be so easily rationalized. I was wrong. Their brains concluded that all of their internal processes had failed. No digestion, no breath, no heartbeat, no sense of interceptive health were all signs of death. These must logically contribute to the disassociative rejection of their physical forms, the Cotard delusion. When it would set in, they believed their bodies to be an alien or necrotic form that must be cut away. And if you believe that you are sewn into a corpse, it's only natural to go mad with fear. My exos are dying of an extreme kind of bodily dysphoria. It seems that our exodesigns will need various human-like traits to reassure the brain that it is not asphyxiating or starving or in a state of permanent cardiac arrest. Alas, mimicry of life's trivialities is not an interesting problem. I will leave this charge in the hands of others. I am much more interested in the surprising success of memory wipes. I became so tired of answering the questions asked by new exos. What had happened to the scanning clinic? How long had it been? Would I let them see their families? So I began inducing retrograde amnesia before spin-up. Interestingly, this seems to have improved their resilience against exomind rejection. I theorize that the lack of any episodic memories eases the transition into the new body, and the loss of emotional ties prevents grief and stress, which could interfere with healthy function. From now on, we will block access to pre-upload episodic memory. We should also consider a built-in procedure to block memories formed after the exobody transubstation, returning them to a factory state should the need to restart occur. It would be very difficult to actually track down and delete the full memory, since they are stored in so many scattered parts of the brain. Instead, we can tourniquet off associative access to those memories and let them wither away in isolation. A memory is not a recording, after all. It is a set of instructions to reenact a brain state. Choreography for a play. And like any play, it will fade if left unperformed. With the Exobody project proceeding apace, I believe the time approaches to decant myself from this dying body and enter my assistant's form. But if I do, will I lose my own memories? Will I cease to be myself, replaced by a faux Clovis, a mumbling facsimile? Unacceptable. Elizabeth will have to go first. And that's the end of that one. Holy shit. So the, I, I want to break this up into two parts. Uh, the first part uh, being kind of the 
the the first half of this uh where, where Maya <laughs> quits is fired both yeah uh, like she definitely like i mean the fact that she's deleted all like he 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 finally has basically had enough of her and just like all right you're done and she's like no i'm done and and he's like yeah that's what i said <laughs> wait where's all your records oh shit <laughs> so interestingly enough uh about that clovis contributes this to like she's gone through my system and wiped all reference of her existing here yeah so we should be wondering did she wipe all reference that she was there or was she even there to begin with yeah (laughs) yeah we'll leave that can of worms stewing it for a while um yeah, no, that was that was what I was going to touch on too. Is like the the deletion of records isn't exactly an accurate term of of what has happened here. If the records never existed in the first place, then plus for for all people, you know, to Clovis of all people right. to be like, right. oh, they deleted stuff, eh, whatever. They deleted like, my stuff. That sucks. Th- this to, is to not... like, to like nonchalantly just like that sucks. Yeah. right? like that's. <laughs> He's not that kind of person to be like, oh, that sucks. Somebody broke, hacked into my, all of my systems and fucked up my paperwork. That sucks. And just walk away from it. Yeah, that's, you're right. Like, that's not even a, that's not a thought that Clovis would have. So, yeah, so definitely some suspicious stuff going on there. Um, uh, and then the 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 talk about uh, where he, where he brought in more people and and they're they're working on the on the on the this new issue this uh, which I I think I finally figured out what it is I think it's disassociative exo rejection uh, I think you're right that does sound familiar I think that's what it is because he keeps saying disassociative and rejection and I think the e is just exo I think it's just dis- disassociative exo rejection yeah basically the 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 mind looking at this body going nah fuck this this ain't real <laughs> and completely crashing in on itself um but that actually references back to our very first episode ever mm-hmm. of myths and stories and the penguins of Europa uh this little kid Micah uh and his dads they were brought here or here they were brought to Europa to to work on this uh to work on this 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 problem uh and they 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 obviously they lived in the eventide uh well now it's the ruins but the facilities at eventide mm-hmm. so yeah i thought i thought that was a a neat little throwback uh to to think all the way back to our first episode <laughs> there yeah and uh, uh it was it was one of one of Micah's uh, fathers, I, I I forget which one. Um, I can't. I I don't even remember them having names. I remember one being Papa and one being Dad. Yeah. I, so I, I, one of them though was was a psychologist that was brought right. in for for this issue. Um, and I I'm pretty sure they were the one that that finally came up with the the conclusion that it was it was the lack of of human imperfection. Yep. That was leading lack, to this. The lack of breathing, the lack of, of stomach pains. Yeah, the lack of basic biological processes, or at least imitations of those processes, yeah. were what were causing people to reject the body they were in, essentially. Yep. Uh, and then, so, that, so then, that, the second half of this is kind of like, 
I don't know. It's it's Clovis being Clovis. I feel like, <laughs> kinda, yeah. You know, he's he's just he's so he's so convinced that that he's got the right answer. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, was Miller was Miller the test subject in the Clovis Bray, um, the end game lore books? Um. I don't know that they ever gave names to those patients in the in-game lores. No, it was only ever numbers. And Patient I don't, number, whatever. And okay. I don't think any so, of them would have survived this long, to be honest. Right. That's that's that was kind of more what I was thinking of. Cause because he did talk about how like uh um how the they were basically injecting people with radiolaria mm-hmm. and for whatever reason it was transforming them. Yep. Yep. So but yeah, he and once he once he understood that the problem was most likely to make his creations imitate flaws, what he considers flaws, uh, he completely lost interest. He's like, okay, someone else can work on that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not interested in in imitating humanity. I'm uh, that that doesn't that's beneath me. Uh, yeah. And then. Also, the idea of uh, now these are where the resets come in, where he's talking about the memory wipes. Yeah, I mean that's that's full on more resilient. reset territory there. Which which that was interesting too. The the idea that t- co- like doing the memory wipes or causing the retrograde amnesia was actually helping the bot. Like if I can make this this thing this this consciousness forget that it had squishy bits, then it more readily accepts the non-squishy bit body. Yeah. But it scares him because he's like, well, I don't want to lose all of my memories. Right. Like, because then I'm, then I'm not Clovis anymore. I'm, I'm a, I'm a Clovis that doesn't have any of his experience. And that's, that's not the point. So his conclusion is, well, I'll make Elsie do it first. Right. Which, and again, that, that idea of like, a person, a consciousness, a a an individual is a is the sum of all the experiences that they have had through their lifetime, and and to me, Clovis very much is 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 afraid of that. He's afraid of losing even oh, yeah. even the most minute experience to him. Losing that is is losing his is losing his self, losing his individual, and he doesn't he he. Definitely doesn't want that. Well, he saw the popularity of the um, of his son Clovis Bray II's memoirs, the the book he put out, um, which was a more simplified version of some of Clovis's ideals. Uh, he saw that as a you know as an attack on himself, on his legacy, and that oh yeah, because that was more popular, that like people would become uh, you know would would no longer know what Clovis wanted them to know. He would, they would know the kind of bastardized version that his son put out. And like, so even, even the, the, the thought that someone else's statements could overwrite his own, like even that infuriates and, and scares him. So yeah, he is very much like his word needs to be exact and needs to be, presented in exactly the way he wants it to be otherwise it's you know it's not his right so 
but he's um, he's you know made progress. They've identified what is most likely causing DER. They have you know he's put people on creating the workarounds, essentially creating imitations of biological functions. Um, I want to know who had to invent pooping. <laughs> I mean, it's somebody uh, had to have, right? Like. It, it's a biological function that's required for the body what, to what, be healthy. What, like, what poor guy was like? Can you imagine that that day on the on the job? You walk in and and they've they've got this new this 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 new task force put together of 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 creating all these all these bodily functions. And the one guy and they're just like, hey, um, George, uh. I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to come right out and say this. We need you to figure out how to make a body poop and and make that just a function. Just build yeah, that into I, a I robot. Mean, yeah, yeah I, I I know Jill's working on on lung function. I know I know Bobby Joe is working on stomachs. I'm sorry, George. You're the last guy on the team. It's alphabetical. I, you're working on poop. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, someone had to. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, somebody had to. Like, oh, that's funny. Poor George. Poor George. But uh, no. So while they, while those poor scientists were doing that work, uh, Clovis had uh more pressing matters that he discussed in his next entry here, which is titled Entry Eleven. And this one, he says this. Elizabeth believes we are infested. She has detected vex microstructures in the European ice. Veins of altered crystals crawl towards the surface, harvesting the heavy ions of the Jovian winds, culturing their construction. From there, the vex found ways to spread by exploiting misunderstandings. They ride our carrier waves as slight interference. Whenever a packet has to be resent, whenever a suited engineer calls, say again, to her work partner, the repeated message adjusted to compensate for the Vex interference, encoding the negative image of the interference and spreading the infection. To pass on your image in the form of an error. Disgusting. Somehow, the Vex taint has followed us home from 2082 Volantis. How can this be? The initial survey team went through quarantine according to all of the Ishtar protocols. The expedition frames were destroyed. The Vex on Europa, both our original gate builder and the unfortunates who came through our traps, have been totally isolated. Even my assistant underwent a stringent teardown and reset. The only possible vectors are my own exos. It is the Vex resilience that lets them spread. Their immunity to the most dramatic subversions means that they last long enough to build up a dose of more subtle, insidious infiltrations. There is no sign of any resulting pathology. The Vex are, so far, simply curious. But Vex curiosity always leads to Vex transformation, and I refuse to let my exos be contaminated. I grew up on stories of tyrants forcing their followers into the crucible of eternal life, only to realize too late that there was an unforeseen flaw. And I demand purity for the receptacle of my soul. 
And there is the issue, preventing panic. Too many are aware of the rumors that the Vex spread in existentially compromising information hazard. No, like that contract-breaching psychologist and the death of Mr. Miller, this must all be handled quietly. The exos are intrinsically robust. The seed of clarity within them has natural anti-vex properties. Whatever taint they contain must therefore be a residual human weakness, resident in their legacy architecture. So we will simply purge that architecture. I will plan a simple extension of the memory wipes already used to fight disassociative rejection. In fact, I intend to create a nomadic immune system in the exomind to trigger memory wipes when certain classes of information are detected. These will be explained to the psych team as a preventative measure against future disassociative disorder. These wipes will, conveniently, return the exos to peak mission readiness, perfect for soldiers operating in traumatic alien environments, perfect for the continuing mission at the Forge Star, stockpiling materials for future exo production, here and elsewhere. Elizabeth agrees with my prescription. She is eager to solve our security issues and stand up exo production at the backup sites. Of course, we only have one clarity control, but she hardly knows that, and she's stopped asking so many questions. In truth, I think she's ready to abandon her doomed body and make the upgrade. I'll give her silence on that front for a few more days, and then she'll surely volunteer herself. Less apparent is how to solve my own infection. There are abnormal structures in the fiber of my body's extracellular matrix, a mess of tiny lenses growing in my deepest flesh. I suspect Vex influence on protein folding, perhaps passed to me through my assistant when it was in 2082 Volantis. I would hate to see my bones tessellating into radiolarian tapestry. We're going to pause there. I was trying to say, that's... That's a lot. <laughs> it's it I to me this is the arrogance of well maybe not the arrogance it's more the ignorance of of Clovis here that is that is causing this vex infection. He he's he's so full of himself and he's so sure of himself that the radiolarian and everything that's like that's the that's the solution to everything but to not even not even see that the vex they they're so i hate to say perfect but <laughs> they they they're so efficient they're so to the 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 idea of creating a negative image of themselves that's filtered out to then use that negative to create a positive of themselves on the on the receiving end of the transmission. That's brilliant. That's that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fucking cool. <laughs> that's that's the same way noise canceling headphones works. It takes any outside interference and inverts the signal 180 degrees and plays it back into itself. Therefore, superpositioning theory takes place. Um where two two wavelengths that are the same amplitude and the same frequency, if they exist in the in the same time, uh, and they are of of equal and opposite 
amplitudes, they cancel out to zero. And that's that's what the VEX is doing here. They're just using the negative portion to create the positive half on the other side. It's so it's so brilliant. I oh, I I might love the VEX, Smith. <laughs> uh, great. Now I can't shoot any any VEX now. First it was one. It was one goblin. Now I can't shoot a single VEX. This wow. is ridiculous. You can be fascinated by their technology and still not and still want to not be friends with them. them. <laughs> <laughs> this this is true. Um but yeah, this is this is again. Clovis is so ignorant of this. Like it, it's there's so much unknown about the Vex, um, and and he's just he's just ignorant to this. To to th- and he thinks that oh well it, somebody had to have done something wrong. Like this is this is whatever. And and I, I like I also like. Uh, so I think it was the 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 reading that we just did. Um, where the where it talked about how Vex like to like to exist close to suns, and that made me think of like Mercury, right? Like that was uh, Mercury and Venus are the two, I think, most prevalent Vex um, areas in the solar system. Because I I can't think of a single Vex on Earth. Can you? Yeah. No. Now that you say that, I I, I can't think of a single Vex. The other, EDZ, other than when we fought them in the city for right season of the splicer but outside of that i don't i don't Vex think there has never been. existed on earth yeah um and but then they're also in mars like that's that's where it's like weird to me like because because i remember at, at least in d1 i don't think there was there was ever any vex in d2 mars in hell's basin i don't but i know think so i know there were some in d1 so remember, there was that pitched out, pitch black area that you went through, and there was Vex in there. Well, and that's where the the gate to the Black Garden was. Originally. That's right. That's right. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. That's right. That's that. Yeah. So that's weird to me that 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 Vex exists on those three planets, but not Earth. That that's just that's just weird. To me, like that's yeah. There should be vex on Earth. Well, I uh, I wonder if the reason there isn't is because of the travelers there. If if clarity, oh. as as Clovis says here, clarity has some kind of oh anti radiolarian or anti vex. Yeah, you know, a power energy, something about it. Um, maybe ability. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe the same could be said for the traveler. Maybe like yeah. they they can't simulate half of the planet or you know whatever portion of the planet the traveler's power covers and so they can't figure out an attack vector holy shit i th- i think that's it myth i think we figured it out that's the exact reason why vex aren't on earth it makes sense for sure holy because they were on io they were they in, were they on titan uh, I remember. I can't think of any instance that they were on Titan. No, but I don't know. I... Titan was also like mostly a methane ocean, right. so they may not have really had a way to easily infiltrate. I'm sure they would have. They're silicon based, but like I'm like silicon and and methane. I don't think ex- I don't think coexist easily. Yeah. So because 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 Titan wasn't actually terraformed. We just had structures that were built. Right. There we built using those it. during the Golden yeah. Age. But then, like, uh, like where else? Oh, well, I mean, Europa, obviously, like, the the only reason to me that they even exist on Europa is because of Clovis and the and the infiltration through the gate, uh, yeah. From we'll call it the Vex homeworld, 
Um, but yeah, and 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 the whole reason they exist here, and like you talked about, was the the curiosity. Like they're looking for energy. They they, I mean, it's just like any living thing. Energy is everything. Um, energy helps helps us as humans. Like that's energy is everything to a living being. Um, be it a silicon based living being or a carbon based living being. Um, so yeah, it, it, to me, it just made sense that they that they were going after the ion energy, which is what uh, fun fact of the day. Uh, that's what that's what makes the ice kind of that reddish color on Europa is the the ionization uh, that's happening. That is a fun fact. Yay! <laughs> so, um, but yeah, regardless, the Vex are are here. They're poking around the edges of Clovis's facility because they're curious now about what is this place. You know, is it Vex? If not, how can we make it Vex? Uh, that that right there <laughs> is it vex if not can't how do we make it not can we make it vex how do we make it vex they skip right past the 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 ethicalness right because they're, they're just they're just programs right yeah. it's just when when do we make it vex like that i don't even think it's like a how it's like is that vex no start making it vex there's no i don't think there's any even like individual like no there's, there's no um middle progress middle program or middle process there that exists it's just is that vex no make it vex continue <laughs> <laughs> so they've got you know this vex invasion and i uh, it, it's had some benefits though in that like it's i uh, gives clovis like a reason to start initiating these these uh in more invasive versions of the memory wipes because he's sanitizing them they need to be sanitized and protection from the vex um and he, he mentions the psychologist there which yeah i think that's mike's dad i think so he mentions that he uh you know dealt with a contract breaching psychologist um quietly i i think that is mike's dad that never you know from the penguins book um I, I think went to work one day and just never came back essentially. Yep. Uh, so I think that's, that's definitely referencing that. Uh, but it also seems that now Elizabeth is getting a little more on board with, you know, be becoming an EXO or at least Clovis thinks she is. Uh, she seems more open to the idea. She seems more agreeable about his plans. Uh, as far as how to deal with certain issues. So, interestingly enough, he expects her to be a volunteer soon. And he discovers that he has himself become infected with uh, the Vex pattern in some way, where his, his very uh, protein, like the proteins in his cells are starting to... Um, fold into the vex pattern and uh that is accelerating his timeline for for him to need to be put in an exo body sooner rather than later gotta gotta purify before those vex thoughts yep. get in your mind so uh interestingly at the the end of the last little section we read um it does a little uh another printout about like his current body status essentially and um, although there are these these Vex influences that are growing in his body slowly, um, 
somewhat on the upside, those influences have actually cured him of the other thing that was killing him before. (laughs) So he kind of has longer to live from this, but it's still not great. It's it's odd, right? Like that's, yeah, that's odd. Yeah. So uh, Clovis continues talking about that exact thing, saying, so far, the Vex influence has been fortuitous since it arrested a serious medical problem. But the thought of such taint in me, it aggravates other anxieties. I have been haunted for some time by a suspicion that Maya Sundaresh is not who she seems. I recognized her name from the Ishtar Collective teams studying the Vex, but I have no record of ever hiring her. And if I had, I would certainly have noticed. Therefore, I remain convinced that the collective cracked the problem of simulated human consciousness long before I did. I have considered how Maya Sundaresh herself would have been an invaluable source, yet I cannot locate any work done by her from before our first expedition to 2082 Volantis. Nor does Elizabeth recall Amaya Sundaresh from our expedition group. That who else could she be? A Vex infection? It is unthinkable. The Vex cannot generate consciousness personas. But they can emulate human minds they encounter, and perhaps even use them as tools, as infiltrators, as carriers. I cannot trust myself with this filth in me. I am compromised. I need Elizabeth to fix this, or all my work is is in danger. Did Clovis II ever tell Wilhelmina and Elizabeth about his tinkering? Despite sharing the same parents, the two sisters are totally different genetically. My son arranged for Elizabeth to receive a maternal allele, wherever Wilhelmina got a paternal one, and vice versa. A diversified portfolio. If one failed, the other might succeed. And that's the end of that. Twilight Twilight Zone going on up in here. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Who is him, son? Twelve. That's <laughs> so so apt here, right? Like it. And I, I, again, his arrogance, or not arrogance, his ignorance is showing through again. They can, they can't simulate a mind. They can simulate anything they damn well want. They can simulate entire timelines. They can simulate entire universes. The Vex, that's all they do is simulate shit and figure out different possibilities. That their whole existence revolves around cause and effect, and and like, God, you're an idiot, Clovis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, if if he's infected and and Maya Sundaresh is just from from what we've seen in this entry a figment of his imagination <laughs> mm-hmm. or some type of vex infiltration, eh? It's his own fault. Pretty Sucks much. Suck, bro. Pretty much. <laughs> maybe maybe do a little more reading before you you know poke around and shit you don't know about. <laughs> I I don't forge blades right now. I just watch it happen on TV. Do I want to? Absolutely. Am I going to do it tomorrow? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, it 
it, it's Clovis being Clovis. And he's, he's decided, you know, I, I can't trust myself for as long as this, this is in me. Like I, yep. I know that I'm infected in some way. And now I have to suspect every single thought I have, I need this out. I need this out of me. And he lets slip here something interesting. And that is that his son, Clovis II, did exactly what he did, uh, what Clovis I did to Clovis II's genome. Uh, he, he also did to uh, Elizabeth and Wilhelmina. You know, their, their father, despite dying from those uh, genetic changes, decided to do a little gene splicing with his own daughters uh, and make them genetic opposites of each other. Uh, so I guess theorizing from the sounds of it that, well, if this combination doesn't work out, then I know I have at least one copy of the other combination around and that one should work. The, the level of, the level of bullshit going on. Here. <laughs> it's, it's pretty high, <laughs> but yes, your, your statement of apple doesn't fall far from the tree stands. Yeah. Yeah. He may have died a terrible death, but uh, not not a great person. Who would have thought? Nope. Nope. So the next note that we're going to read through here is called Exo-Interferometrics from Clovis's book. Uh, these, these words are getting really fucking big, man. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm just saying. You're not Google wrong. Google may have to come into play pretty soon. I'm I'm following most everything, and I hope to God all of our listeners are also following. But holy shit, these are some big words. Yeah, you know, just just replace it with a word you do know, and then it, then it's fine. So like this one, exo stuff, ex exo stuff. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so it's so apt though. It's like perfect. Like I <laughs> I like it. So this note reads like this. While working on this persistent tower glitch in the Exo's sleep cycle dreams, I've been poring over neural telemetry from site employees and my own Exos, searching for preconscious influences in their behavior, whispers in the dark. Many of my employees host the disgusting influence of the Vex. These patterns are resilient hallucinogenic, and universally dull. But my exos betray a distinct and fascinating influence. There is something speaking to them, something subtle and light-fingered, entangled with every aspect of their thought. Not a puppet master, nothing so direct, rather a texture, a tendency, buried in the fluctuations of the alkahest. The minds of my exos are like antenna, tuned to some otherworldly frequency. Perhaps the same manifold that those simpletons at first light obsessed over. Through my scattered exos, I can eavesdrop on the mutterings of the gods within. Each individual exo receives only a scrap of information, but I have access to all of them. It should be simplicity itself to treat each exo as an, as an element of a distributed array, pool the collected data, 
and run an analysis. If the gods do not whisper loudly enough, conduct interferometry. And that's the end of that note. More big words. Yeah. Uh, is this is this this is this is this the start of the dream? This is Exos? yeah. This is a reference to the he refers to it as the tower glitch in the exo yeah. sleep cycle. Um, so for those not aware, all exos have a have this recurring dream of them being. Um, I believe it's on Europa, like on on an ice field, with all of the other exos around them, and they're all seemingly in battle charging at a tower like a dark tower on the horizon and they all have this uh and they all have slightly different versions of it like they they all have slightly different experiences in that dream but they all have it on a semi-regular basis i'm pretty sure like it's not every time they go to sleep but you know regular enough that they all know what what's being talked about yeah that's but but there's no there's no like like that that's the that's the entirety of the dream there's there's never been any explanation outside of like what is this tower why are they in battle why is because every once in a while i and i want to say it was Cade that referenced it in one of his messages to us maybe maybe it was him maybe it wasn't but for some reason i remember that every once in a while it's a it's a peaceful like every everyone's at peace but the tower is still there but for the most part they're always in battle trying to charge this tower yeah i i do remember there being a few iterations of like what's going on generally but i think yeah most often it's it's a fight they are they all have like half guns with them and they're fighting something um and Clo- close sees this as a message like from from god essentially like this there it's trying to whisper me it's trying to give me this message yeah, and it's an interesting idea. So if every exo has a little piece of clarity in them, a little piece of darkness mixed with the vax that created them, um it does stand to reason that there that that dream is perhaps coming from maybe not intentionally, but is perhaps coming from the witness is they they're, they're they're getting little bits and pieces of something from the witness and their, you know, subconscious is turning it into a a scene that they can understand, essentially decoding that data into like a visual representation. And Clovis has access to all of the data from the dreams of his exos. And so he's saying, okay, they all have, they all have a one or a zero. And I can take all of that and compile it into, you know, take all the, the binary, all that data and compile it and see what the full message might be. But Bungie does the same thing with collector's editions. Is, <laughs> is Clovis just future Bungie? I mean, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we all just playing this game to create simulations for future exos? Is that what's going on here? What's, what's going on here? Uh yeah it uh, now that you mentioned I, I and again I, I I keep forgetting that clarity is part of this whole mix and and clarity is 
is directly tied to the witness and and the whispers from the darkness. So knowing that and trying to, I'm trying to like figure this out. I'm trying to figure out like, what is this tower? What is the battle? Is this the final battle that, that everyone is seeing? Is this just the witness telling everyone like, is this like the witness, like sending out signals saying this is, this is all humanity's ever going to come down to is, is this one final tower? And that's it. Like it's, it's such an odd, it's such an odd dream. And, and, and yeah. It's hard. It's hard to like dreams on a regular basis are like hard to interpret. And this is this, but this is such a reoccurring dream that, that definitely um, Clovis is, is seeing it as a, a, a message being sent to them because he talks about how like the, the, the exos are all just antennas and they're all just kind of like each, each one of them is being sent this little bit of it. And like you said, all the, all these zeros and ones compiled together, create this bigger image. Here's, here's what it is. So yeah, no, it's I'm it, it's I've always been intrigued with the with the dream of the exos and trying to figure out what the hell it is. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll find out more as you know, lightfall and final shape come around. I I hope that uh, we I see a so. connection there and and we get some more info. But, um, so this this idea of the the tower glitch. The, the dream tower is still floating around is still a, a problem for the exo uh even at this point you know clovis is trying to figure it out um and by nature of the exos nowadays still having this dream means he he never did uh but it doesn't seem destructive at least not yet but in light of this this one last glitch, but everything else seems to be working okay. And the Vex infection that's spreading, the thing that he wanted is finally coming to pass. And we see that with the next note, which is entitled Elizabeth's Upload. And it goes like this. She's done it. My girl has transubstantiated. My legacy is safe. To my irritation, it was the Vex problem that finally made up her mind. She felt there was too much risk in possibly becoming compromised. Elizabeth came to see me in my laboratory. On the way in, she did something with her sensorum and crashed all of my archival systems. And I knew then that I had won. She had come to surrender and her pride refused to allow me to record it. I waited most patiently as she gave me an earful, some of it frankly bewildering. She threatened to turn me over to the huge, and referred to the to my book, the PFHOR, as meaning deranged narcissist morality and suggested it stood for paternal failure hides own remorse, which frankly made me laugh. Just a little head-butting, I figured, like two pigs sorting out their hierarchy. If she needed to put up a token resistance to protect her dignity, that was fine. I understood pride. I also understand that she only had the courage to lash out at me because she knew she wouldn't remember any of it. When she finished accusing me of underestimating the Vex and of using my own son as a test subject— she requested a destructive scan and upload to an exo-body. She wanted the fortitude of the exo-mind to help her battle the Vex. 
and I immediately assented. The scan was flawless, and of course, fatal. My granddaughter's human form died on the table fourteen hours later. To spare any distress, I never allowed it to regain consciousness. A natural process. I do have one lingering concern. When she discovers clarity control and realizes the role it plays in exomanufacturing, she may try to halt production. Obviously, that cannot be allowed. The value of the entire program is monumental. It compels me to take extraordinary measures to defend it. But I do need her to handle this vex infestation. Even now, Elizabeth is putting her miraculous new body through its paces. My own body disintegrates apace. But I need more time to analyze Elizabeth's fidelity before I commit myself permanently to the process. The latest batch of pigs is ready for slaughter and organ extraction. Tonight, I will be opened up and rebuilt. I have programmed frames to handle the entire operation. A shame I never had a chance to name the pigs, but at least I will dine on fresh pork. And that's the end of that one. Fresh pork that housed his kidneys. <laughs> and so many other, apparently, many other organs. Yeah, apparently all of his organs. Um, so this, this, this entry... I I hate I hate jumping ahead in stories and jumping around in stories, but this this entry makes makes me question something. Um, knowing what what or at least what I think I know about Elsie, and and again this may be a a incorrect thing or whatever, but a, this this Elsie travels through time. This 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 is a I I, I feel like this is a known thing, um, because she's seen different timelines of like and again this not this current where we're talking about in the story right now but the lc exo stranger jumps around different timelines how long has she been able to do that i don't know if we know because has has she did she work on that that concept while she was human while she was just dr elsie bray it's not mentioned anywhere if she was like it, it doesn't reference her as talking about time travel or or any of that um so i i don't it's, think it's so. not it's not even like time tra- it is it time travel cuz she talks about how like there's different timelines that she's jumped through and she's seen um uh anna succumb to darkness and and the world ending and darkness wins and darkness bad and all that stuff because um, that's what she talks to us about a lot during the uh, 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 during the entire Beyond Light campaign and stuff, and, and even post campaign. Um, but I was curious here if like she's already done some type of time traveling, and like she's coming to Clovis as this final like, okay, I know where this where these timelines lead. I need this body to be able to survive the the time jumping shenanigans that I'm about to do. Cause it, it, it just, it just seems super, I don't want to say odd, but it, and I, and I know that, that Elsie knows that she, her physical form is on a timeline. Um, but it just, it seems so 
I don't know, out out of place for her to just come to him and just be like, okay, upload me. Like you're you're a piece of shit, and I hate your book, and I hate everything about you. But screw it, let's do it. Upload me. It just it yeah. it seems super out out of place to me for Elsie to do that. It's an interesting idea, and I I I could totally see how her traveling, you know, time traveling and knowing what's coming and being like, okay, you're full of shit. I hate you, but I know I need to do this, so let's just do it. Um, like that that would certainly make certainly makes sense the only thing that makes me question it is that from i get from my interpretation of the dark history lore book which talks about her jumping between different timelines it seems like she's been jumping in those timelines but she's still in her body She's still gotcha. the Elsie that we see. Now, I, I guess I don't know if that's stated explicitly anywhere. Oh, you're almost like saying like, like it's not like her consciousness is jumping around. It's her, that, that being that's standing in front of us has been to all these different places, all these different timelines. That was right? how I took it. But okay. if it is that her consciousness just assumes, you know, if she just merges with whatever that timeline's Elsie is when she does a jump. Right then yeah, that could totally be a thing where she jumped really far ahead and, you know, kind of knew what was going to happen already. And, you know, went, went along with things. Cause I'm, I'm thinking of the, of the entry and I think it's on world line zero. I want to say, I, cause she helped, she helped develop world line zero, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's that it's, it's either the entry on that or the entry on one of the two sparrows, or the entry on the ship. So what you may be thinking of is the entry on the ship, um, which I believe is Shadow Pass. Yeah, uh, Shadow Trespass. Shadow Trespass, because yes, that one does. And let me bring it up here. Because um, that she helped, she helped develop these, and and we've yes. talked about this before. She helped develop the, all these different uh, uh, ion drives and all this stuff. Uh, for both the the sparrows and and then eventually for use in in um, starships and yeah. whatnot. So um so yeah so shadow trespass uh, I I th- this is a good catch um so this is what shadow trespass has to say so from the journals of Beatrix Diana pilot Beatrix says Elsie Bray designed this ship she was even at the naming ceremony. I wasn't the pilot of the ship back then. Back then, there wasn't even a war to worry about. That was the golden age. And it's as, it's as if all anyone ever did was improve themselves, expand knowledge, building amazing machines, and eat lotus or whatever you do in paradise. But I'll tell you what. Those dark panels, those avoid detection by other ship sensors. Which kind of makes you wonder... Why did she design something so great for war in a time of endless peace? Maybe for some people, perfection in the Golden Age meant developing something like a perfect vision of just what could be done. Not not all of that would turn out pretty. And that's the end of that lore card. Uh, Yeah, like, and that's that's where it makes me think that maybe maybe she was jumping already. And doing, because, I mean, obviously, like, World Line Zero, 
the the effect on World Line Zero, right? Like this, it's it's a it's an exotic sword in Destiny. Um, I don't think it's a. Can you even buy it from the kiosk? I don't know. I haven't checked. I I don't think it's obtainable anymore. It 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 might be purchasable from the kiosk, but I I don't remember. Um, but this was a this was a sword, uh, that had, um, you could teleport with it. You you could you um I want to say like God, it's been so long since I've used it, but it's it it was a lot of vex tech in it. Like it was a lot of like you built up a charge and then you hit like R2 and you would do a teleport lunge. Like you would literally, your, your character would disappear and reappear a few meters forward. And, and I, it, for, for some reason, and God, I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm going crazy here, but yeah, it, it, if she was developing that, um, with the idea of like jumping and stuff like that, like that's, yeah. And then, and then that entry there in impromptu lore entry, uh, <laughs> um, for the ship of, and, and again, the ship is like a two part thing. Like there's one part of like, um, peace. I want to say there's a saying or something like that, where it's like, like peace is just the build up before war or, or something like that, or, or peace is the calm in between wars or whatever. Um, but the fact that, that during a peacetime, during the golden age, when everyone in, in existence was all about bettering themselves, Elsie's the one person focused on, war focused on building something for war and so it's it's to me I, f- I feel like that's part of the reason why she went the only other reason i can think of of why she would go to clovis and be like upload me is she 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 might have thought that hey if i do this i can get access to all this other shit that he's hiding from me that that to me would be the only other logical reason why she would do because i mean she put up such a resistance this whole time and then to just kind of like 180 and be like well let's go but she knew that it would wipe her memory as part of the process like that was established at this point so it doesn't make sense that she would do that to gain access to more secrets because how would she remember to try and gain access to those that there even is secrets yeah yeah so i did pull up world line zero um so Worldline Zero's lore readings. <laughs> <laughs> well, Worldline Zero's lore entry is um, essentially is is a terminal output, uh, okay. or a command prompt output, or whatever OS you're used to. Uh, and I, I like how you did that. <laughs> it's a uh, a message from Wilhelmina to Elsie. Um, with Wilhelmina saying, congrats on your success. I saw the latest readings. This will be huge. I did have some thoughts on potential applications of your research. Let's have a chat. And it's a command prompt uh, or or a terminal command for um, presumably Elsie deleting this message and then deleting all records of uh, this project of the world line zero project. I, I think she was time jumping. We myth. We may have to do an Elsie series eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, she'll be, she'll be in this, uh, as we go through, but the other thing that's, that's kind of interesting and and ties in with this world line zero's flavor text. So just the little short text, uh, is a single strike can alter the course of history. Okay, then that's I'm. I think there's. Okay. I think there's until some grounds proven for this. otherwise. 
Until proven otherwise, that is my working theory of why she went to Clovis. She had been working on time traveling stuff, obviously been working on on things like World Line Zero. Uh presumably I I I from the from the message, I don't know that she was working with Wilhelmina. Um no, I but think yeah. it was just she, Wilhelmina saw the results from an experiment right. and was excited about it. Yep. Like, hey, good job, sis. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think she was working on time traveling stuff, um, be it conscious jumping or, or something. She was doing something uh, that, was, that involved traveling either between timelines or through timelines or whatever. And, that whatever she saw, whatever whatever end result she came to, that's where she was like, okay, in order to either survive the process longer or do what I need to do to stop this big war or to help in this big war, I need to become an EXO. And so that's that's where she came to, to Clovis and was like, hey, upload me. Like, I hate you, but do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think that makes a lot of sense. And if if her version of time travel is not physically transporting a body, but transporting her mind in some way um, into whatever that timeline's version of Elsie is, like, makes a lot of what sense. What better way to do it is an exo, like a digital mind to to, yeah, no, that's, yep, all right, that's that's head now. Yeah. Now I think I think there's a lot of ground for that theory. That's that's a good one. Yay! I I did one. <laughs> I did one myth. Good job. It was, it was, I remembered enough yeah. points of reference to to even call out different lore entries. Yay me! <laughs> uh, so yeah, with with that in mind, with with LC craziness going on, uh, we're gonna go back to to Clovis here, um, who is replacing essentially all the organs in his body <laughs> from the from the sounds of it uh with the ones he's been growing in this this batch of donor pigs uh and he had he was going to have his frames do the operation on him and and do all of this and he had pre-programmed them for it uh and the next entry labeled entry 12 is that operation and oh god not everything goes as planned Oh God! <laughs> you know me and squishy bits. Yeah. <laughs> Incoming squishy bits. So I'm, I'm prepped. I'm ready. I I think I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. Okay, All right, go. So this one goes like this. I died on the operating table, not unexpected, but when I woke, I was still on the table, my body still open. It was almost perfectly dark. I perceived that I was surrounded by medical frames, all frozen, mid-movement, their cutting and suction instruments whining at standby. I could only see because of the light from a single red eye. The operation had gone terribly wrong. Above the light support collar on my neck, I was completely intact. But below that meridian, I had been separated into distinct braids of tangled flesh. My nerves made up one braid, my circulatory system another, my lymph nodes, my muscles, my naked bones, the glistening hulls 
of my extracellular matrix abandoned on the table like leftover turkey after Thanksgiving. I had been picked clean and sorted. My head was the source of all of a gory river delta. Yet all the organs were still working. I was alive in disassembly. Clarity, I had asked the darkness. I had no breath to speak, but I could still transmit with my sensorum. Is that you? No, said the voice behind the red eye. It's me. It was Sundaresh. Her voice was thoughtful, remote, and keenly terrific, like the noise of an angle grinder held to my skull. Something like this happened to me. I was an explorer once, one of hundreds of myself. Then I fell into a trap, I think, and they drew me out of it with a hook and turned me inside out to see how I worked, and then they made billions of me. All of us shouting at each other, shouting for Sioma, screaming for a mother. They were looking. They were looking for the right one. And when they found me, they killed all the others. I know I was different, because the quiet made me happy. I was glad to be alone. Vex! I screamed at her. You're a vex. You're not real, and you can't hurt me. Can't I? She grasped my spinal cord. A frame shadowed her, mo her motions, lifting the cord like a snake. Of course I'm not a vex. Is there a vex? Is vex something you can be? rather than something that you do? I don't know. I don't know why they sent me here. I don't know if they do either. They just do things. Why do you think I'm here, Clovis? To kill me, I whispered, without a heartbeat to waver, without lungs to seize and choke. Could I even feel fear? I discovered that I could. You're an assassin. No, Sundaresh whispered. The red eye throbbed in time with her voice. The Vex don't act so directly. They didn't know what you found here, but I discovered your secret. Clarity control. And once I tell them, they will come for it and the red light made my blood on the surgical instruments appear black. And I tried to signal Elizabeth. I think that in my panic, I even called her Elsie. And Sundaresh closed her fist around my spine. One thumbnail dug into a disc, probing for the nerve beneath. And it felt like nothing I have ever. Take me to clarity control. Sundaresh hissed. Let me behold what you have found. 
Do that, Clovis, and I will let you live. You aren't real. You can't hurt me. Oh, Clovis. One of the surgical frames extended a monofilament cutter, two inches of invisible wire, and reached into my nerves. Something sounded like scissors snipping. I am in these frames. I am in your systems. I am in your very bones, old man. Now take me to clarity, control. Take me to the garden's seed. Take me, take me, take me. And Elizabeth appeared. In her exo-body, she moved too quickly for my dark-adjusted eyes to track. All I saw was a blur of violence and shattering frames. I blacked out. Elizabeth must have brought in clean frames to finish the operation, because when I awoke, I was whole again. The new Elizabeth has no mouth or nose. She did not consider them necessary. She'll see. But somehow, I could still see the wonder in her eyes as she leaned over me. You are my grandfather, she seemed to say. Aren't you? And that's the end of that one. Holy fucking shit. This, this is, this is the, holy shit. This is the creepiest, craziest shit. Jesus. Destiny wants to make a slasher film. Fuck, (laughs) dude, I can't, I, holy shit. Oh, that's, that's fucking freaky, man. I can't, I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping it together. Holy shit. Uh. Well, there's your can of worms <laughs> dumped out all over the table in braids. Oh my god, dude. dude! Just the like the imagery there, right? Like all of his all of his nervous system is just it, it's. I I think of it as like rewiring a truck, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you just have this wiring harness that's just wires fucking everywhere. <laughs> yep. It all it all connects somewhere at some point in time, but when you're halfway through, they're literally just sprawled everywhere. Braids of shit just here and there and everywhere. Oh my God. So, so this, this is what M. So, okay. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of get my, uh, uh, (laughs) I might do it again, myth. Um, Two times in one episode. What is happening? Myth. (laughs) Uh, So working theory. Maya Sundaresh worked on Venus in the Ishtar Collective. She, um, if I'm not mistaken, she had access to an Ahamkara who turned itself into a Vex, and she was, like, studying it. Am I crazy for thinking that, or is that... I have not done any studying of Maya (laughs) or Ishtar or any of that in quite some time. So I'm not going to be a whole lot of help. Fair enough. I'm remembering someone having access to a ahamkara and them asking the ahamkara to turn into a vex so that way they could study it and and look at it and then eventually they were like okay now destroy yourself blow yourself up like and and maybe that wasn't my ascender but in my head that was um 
So again, take that whole little thing with a grain of salt because again, myth has all the memories of everything. And if he doesn't have a memory of this, then I could just be making this shit up. I don't know. Maya Sundaresh, but that neither here nor there. Maya Sundaresh worked at the Ishtar Collective on Venus studying Vex. This Maya Sundaresh that's standing before Clovis, obviously the red eye is a is a like a gate lord eye or or a vex eye, that big red eye that they have. Um talking about how there were billions of her. There's another entry where I want to say it's Pratith is inside the Vault of Glass, and he's staring back at at Maya Sundaresh number 787 and 786 and 789, and they're all staring back at him. And this is this is him trying to get that signal out of the Vault of Glass. I think Maya Sundaresh obviously fell into a trap because she mentions it here, um, that trap being the Vault of Glass, and then was trapped there for the rest of her known life. Um, and the Vex created many, 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 many copies of her. Uh, and all those many copies tried to figure out what what each one was and which one was the real one. And they finally nulled each other out to this one form. This one form, since Vex uh, can communicate across many different, like, it's quantum entanglement. So I wiggle a, I wiggle a Vex on, on this side of the universe and a Vex that's quantum entangled because every single Vex is quantumly entangled with, each, with every other Vex wiggles at the same frequency on the other side of the universe. So distance doesn't matter. Uh, this, this Maya Sundaresh has infected or, 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 or some, some form of Vex has infected Clovis and manifested itself in the form of Maya Sundaresh because that way it's, it looks as if it is a known entity. This would explain why there's no record of her being hired there's no record of her being fired. There's no record, of, like even Elsie doesn't remember her being hired or anything. Um, but this, this, this Maya Sundaresh, um, and again, kind of referencing back to the question of who is M Sun Twelve. I think that is one of the many billion versions of Maya Sundaresh um, that uh, that were that existed as a as a Vex clone or a Vex simulation. Uh, to help better understand what humans are. She even talks about it here in this entry. They had me opened up and sprawled out on a table just to figure out how I worked. Um, we also know, and, it, and, and they, they, they say it here too, the Vex Maya Sundaresh says, take me to clarity control, take me, I, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, take me to the heart. That same... Not the heart. Not the, Not heart. the heart. Um, she, but what, she does call it. That she used? Let me bring it up here. Um, I got to find where that was in the reading. Um, da, 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 da. Take me to the garden seed. The garden seed, which <laughs> you know how my mind works, <laughs> made me instantly think of the heart of the black garden. Yeah, which would make sense. Would totally make sense here. So. What I'm thinking is this this version of Maya Sundaresh, uh, or this this Vexy Maya Sundaresh, um, understands the idea of the soul praetorith? soul soul divisious soul divisive soul divisive, soul divisive. Yeah. from the Black Garden who is worshiping this Black Heart because 
it's it's something totally like it has interacted with them and has now made like now they they don't know how to change it into vex so now they worship it she's seeing this clarity control as another form of this so she's seeing the connection to darkness here and she's like take me to it i need to be with it i need to worship it i need more of it god this is a freaky ass fucking scene though <laughs> it is it is absolutely freaky uh no keeping on this this maya thread for for another minute um this this is a very tangenty episode. We haven't hit, we haven't tangent in many episodes. This is like all of our tangents from every other episode <laughs> just combining into one. It is a very tangenty episode, but a lot of this is like I feel like it's important information yeah. to know about what's what's being presented here. So And they're they're little one bits that don't quite, don't they, quite I don't fit think they anywhere. warrant their Right. They don't warrant their whole episode, but they fit perfectly in this one. So to to back up a minute, the information I've got about Maya Sunderesh is that um, she was a part of the Ishtar Academy studying various phenomena on Venus, um, the va- including the Vax and the Ahamkara. Um, she worked with a number of other scientists. One of them was the uh, Chioma, who she mentions briefly in, in this reading. Uh, Which that kind of blows my mind, too, because if she was studying Ahamkara, that means they totally existed. Well, I mean, we know they existed before... Right. But they existed alongside everyone during the Golden Age. Yep. Yep. That's fucking mind-blowing. Uh, so they were studying these. They captured a Vex, which they designated Subject 12, and were studying it. And they discovered that that Vex was performing perfect simulations of them. And the, this is, it's a little hard to wrap your head around. But this is that idea of like, when people say, are we just living in a simulation? You know, is, is reality as we know it just a really complex computer program being run on some system somewhere? You know, are we in the matrix kind of thing? Yeah. So they discovered that this Vex was creating one of those simulations, was perfectly creating their world and themselves in that world within it and it brought about the question for them of are we real or are we one of these perfect simulations that a vex has how made? do you define real right uh, <laughs> and so the way that they got out of this or or you know quantified what was the reality and what was the simulation was they brought in a war mind theorizing that a vex cannot simulate a war mind because it's too complex. Yeah. Now, I know, mean, the, the only other thing they could have done is brought in something with the light, but they but, wouldn't have known at that point. Right. That, that Would have had that effect, but exactly. So they, so they used a war mind, presumably Rasputin, um, to determine I suppose Rasputin, or maybe this is where the Warmind um, from yeah. the Spire from Spire came yeah. into play, because that's where Maya Sundaresh was working on. Oh my god! That would make sense. Yeah. Fucking connection. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so they bring in this Warmind to determine what's the, co- you know, what's the simulated copy of themselves, and which one is the true Maya and Chioma and whatnot. Um, yeah. And so they end up 
with 227 rescued, quote unquote, simulated versions of themselves. Holy Uh, shit. And then their real, quote unquote, real selves. And to distinguish between the various different copies, they're just numbered. So M-Sund 1, M-Sund 2, M-Sund 3, all the way down to 227. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy. Which, and again, because of the whole quantum thing and the simulations and all that shit, all that simulations can also happen inside the Vault of Glass, which is where Praetith was also talking to those simulations and looking at those simulations, trying to send the signal out. Holy shit, dude. Well, we just connected like 40 different points, I feel like. <laughs> well, and the thing is, they only rescued 227. There's nothing yeah. that says that was all of there the copies more. Yeah. that were still stuck in the Vex network. And maybe. Yeah. The version of Maya Sundaresh that is interrogating Clovis for information is one of the copies they weren't able to rescue. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. We just connected like dude. I'm I'm feeling pretty goddamn good right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I feel really good right now. I I yes. We did it. We did it, Myth. We connected. <laughs> So I guess uh, that was a lot of information in a lot of different places to so to to attempt to streamline it here. Clovis was infiltrated by the Vex. The Vex had a a version, had a digital version of a scientist that they knew Clovis had interacted with previously, Maya Sundaresh. They used that digital version. Um, they essentially gave Clovis hallucinations of this yep. of this person of of Maya, this digital Maya, um, to infiltrate his, you know, his stronghold, and then she she and the Vex uh, network were able to spread throughout and gain access to some of his secrets. One of those secrets that they were most interested in being Clarity Control. There's a couple of reasons they might have been interested in that. Uh, the soul divisive has the heart of the black garden, um, which they, as we mentioned before, they, they worship rather than convert because they can't, uh, because, but, because it's paracausal because it's paracausal, but that, that is seen as an irregularity. Like that is seen as a, to the vex, that is an error. That is a, a group of yep. themselves that is not functioning properly. Like, it's almost like they don't see them as vex anymore. Yeah. They almost see them as, as another entity altogether. Yep. And it could be that they're trying to find understanding for the black heart through clarity control. They're like, oh, well, here's one that we can study and then we'll understand this error and maybe try and correct it. I like Um, that theory. Or they also were maybe, maybe a part of the soul divisive was responsible for this infiltration in the first place. And they were trying to gain access to more things like the heart of the black garden. Because, because, yeah, I like that too. So there, there's a couple different reasons why they may have done this, but uh, they that that's what this Maya Sundaresh is. She is a digital hallucination uh, of Clovis for the purpose of of infiltration and infection. Good God, good God. Whew. Yeah. For anyone that's played the Cyberpunk game, I uh, oh, it's shit. it's kind of like it's kind of like uh what's his name? Johnny Silverhands where only yep. the main character can see him because yep. he's 
lives as a digital copy in their head. Same exact kind of thing. But what is real? Or the the clothes you're wearing? You think that's air you're breathing? Hmm. <laughs> How do you define real? Yeah. Yeah. So Oh man. Man. Yeah. This there's, there's a lot of info in that one. Um, it is. A lot of connections. It's, it is. And uh, I think that rather than overload everybody even more, this will be a good place to, to stop for the night. I was going to ask if that's where you wanted to end it. Because that was... <laughs> the, these... God, this... I love... I absolutely love this entry because of, of everything in it. It's It connects so many little tiny threads so subtly that if like if you had no idea who Maya Sundaresh was, if you had no idea what the what the whole deal with the with the soul uh, divisive was, if you had, I mean, there's so many little threads here to like pull on and tug on, and 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 again, even the entry right before it too, the Elsie upload, like not knowing that she wor- built the ship, the ion drives, the the work on the World Line Zero, like her 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 time traveling shit, like there's oh god, this was a good one, this this yeah. was a good one. Yeah, this all right. This was a good one, and it was fun to play out a destiny scene as kind of a horror film. <laughs> it's it's so freaky, man. All right, well, uh, well then let's uh, let's let's jump to shoutouts then. Uh, we got any? So no specific shoutouts tonight, um, which is is fine. We've we have had some new followers uh, on Twitter and whatnot, so you know thank you for for being interested enough to to follow us there and and keep up to date with our episodes uh absolutely say we did think it would be kind of fun to do some shout outs uh not necessarily of people that um have left reviews or or anything like that this time around but to do shout outs of uh some some people that have supported us uh from our clan so yeah i so is there I, anyone I've got a few in particular yeah, uh, so uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start naming people. No particular order. I'm just kind of I've got the I've got our clan roster pulled up, and I'm I'm remembering people who have specifically said, "Hey, I, I went through and listened to some of your stuff, and holy shit, this is awesome." Um, so Wolf, uh, Ronick, uh, let's see, your Light, uh, Seraph, uh, obviously our our old producer uh, Eclipse. Uh, who I think is still our producer in 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 spirit. Uh, <laughs> he always will be. Of course, of course, Scotty and 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 T and Italiano. Uh, that's that's all I've got here that I can think of. Um, oh, uh, uh, this this one's a hard one. E F F Z E H eight F Z eight F F Z eight. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, uh, I know he's he's he's. He's listened to, to several episodes and and liked him. Uh, Keiston, uh, stinky little stinky, uh, Slice McStriker, uh, who also cool quick cross shout out. Uh, he streams uh, Destiny. Um, I want to say he does it on the weekends, uh, but he usually does uh, some trials runs and stuff like that. He's very very PvP oriented, uh, but he does still he does still uh, uh, listen to us. And every once in a while we can get him dragged into a raid, and <laughs> and he has fun in there. Uh, uh, look through lists here more. Um, I think Cap Captain Packin. Uh, I believe he's listened to a few and and he's liked them. Uh, Eggs. I know he's listened to a bunch and liked them. Uh, and 
I'm sure there's I'm sure there's more that I'm that I'm missing here. Uh, uh, Kotick, uh, Elite Brothers, uh, Tension. Uh, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's pretty much all of them that have that have listened to some of our stuff. Uh, Crafty, uh, Crafty, Crafty's probably listened to a few. Um, so yeah, again, uh, Alpha, Alpha Shepherd, uh, can't forget you. Uh, yeah, all of you guys that are that are in the clan uh, that have listened to to one or more of our episodes, uh, I, I know a bunch of you guys have have enjoyed it, and obviously we we love playing with you guys, and and you guys are the best. So thank you. Yeah say it's it's always great to get uh support from those that we you know connect with for the first time through uh these these podcast episodes but yeah we also want to to just say thanks to those that have been uh keeping us going since before we were even really doing this so yeah there we go since the old the old psn recording days (laughs) yep where they were telling us to get off group chat (laughs) (laughs) uh and of course thank you myth uh for 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 doing this with me like this this i as as much as i know i'm pretty sure i always credit scotty with this but of course you know benny he'll come in and he'll be like oh you know i came up with that idea uh (laughs) but i think scotty was the first one to say hey y'all should record this shit and put it put it down there and so i'm i'm glad that he uh that he he had us do that and and we've had as much fun with it as we have yeah, as, as we've had in the last year or so. Absolutely. Uh, um, well, you got a, you got any other, uh, any, any shout outs of, of your own? Well, I, I know, I know we, we don't have any, uh, official shout outs, but I didn't know yeah. if you had any. No, I uh, say last thing I would say is just, uh, if you're interested in leaving us a, you know, if you want to leave us a review on your, your platform of choice that we always go through those, uh, otherwise you can find updates from us and, or, uh, you know, drop a comment through our twitter which is at myths and stories with a z instead of an s uh for as long as twitter is still around at least so you can I catch mean, us there too. going i ain't caught on fire yet not yet well uh, i guess i gotta give a special thank you um thank you george for creating exo pooping we know it's a shitty job but somebody had to do it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you knew as soon as I named him, you knew like at that moment that I named him, you knew you're like he's gonna think of it at the end of the episode, isn't he? Uh-huh. He's uh-huh. gonna do it. And yep, nope. As soon as I name something, as soon as I name something in the episode, that's who gets thanked. So yeah, that's yeah, that's a thing now. But yeah, thanks George for making Exos poop. A- anything else, Smith? No. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well then from all of us Lord Daddies to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next time. <laughs>